Welcome to Fantasy Focus and Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways you could save. It's 10 seconds into the show. I've already kicked my water ball over. I am clumsy. I am Field. He is Mike. And this is Miss Bell. Because <laughs> all of a sudden I'm a professor. Yes, when you have your glasses on today. I know, it just means I'm not seeing Very well academic. No, no. It's Mike and I were talking about this before the show. It's like you have so many advantages over us in so many ways, and now you have your glasses on, which you automatically become 25% smarter when you wear glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, good to know. I should probably wear them more often then. Yeah, my, and I was telling you before the show, my contacts, I'm, I'm on a trial subscription uh-huh. right now first day wearing them and they're not going great right now so i'm not so i'm like winking at the camera and stuff during the show have you never worn contacts winking. before i have for a long time but oh, i'm trying but you're I'm trying, trying some new ones, ones. Yeah. oh i did that Believe I'm me, a hard go, time right you now. go back and forth and then like one eye isn't quite right in the yes. other one. yeah i Left wear two, one's mess right yeah, one's okay i have two different contact field mm-hmm. someday when you're older you'll know what it's mm-hmm. like to well, have to no, you know what though i might get ahead of the curve because i'm convinced like 25 percent of people at minimum that are on tv that are wearing glasses are doing it just for the fashion there are a million <laughs> different pairs of glasses with just fake this. lenses yes, right yeah, yeah why don't we get you some you know get some readers i have some yeah 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 i have some that you just use like if you're if you're wearing contacts but staring at a screen all day. Yeah, you could just wear those and it protects your eyes a little bit. I'm going to bring them in for you. We'll try oh, them there out. There you go. You know, the, the worst part of my protection. week. Uh-huh. Yeah. The worst part of my week is it's Sunday morning before fantasy football now, and Apple sends you a notice about how much your screen time oh, was uh-huh. last week. Yeah. And I'm like, don't Apple, I get it. All right, I'm not proud <laughs> of it. Don't, don't look at that. Right? Football like, season. Yeah, thank God. This is my job. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep up on football and watch a million TikToks a day. We're going to preview 11 more games. We had four previews yesterday two teams on a bye. We're also going to recap Thursday Night Football, which is where we start as the Bills go to Foxborough and win 24-10 to over the Patriots. Josh Allen, not a monster effort, 17.1 fantasy points. He's actually in like, and this is a very relative term for Josh yeah. Allen, a rut. <laughs> Three out of four games with under 20 fantasy points for Josh Allen, but he's still Josh Allen. Not much you can do there. I thought the most interesting thing from the Buffalo side last night, Mike, is that did the James Cook breakout game take place? Mm-hmm. And is this a sign of things to come going forward in your estimation? I think, it, I think it might be. It's been years now of the Bills trying to use Devin Singletary less for some reason. They're yeah. just committed to him playing half the snaps or so. They've been trying all these other running backs. They tried to get J.D. McKissick. They tried to use Zach Moss, Matt Breida. The list goes on and on. And maybe they found someone now because we saw... Uh, a three-headed committee last night. Singletary and Cook both played 32 snaps. That's a big change. Naheem Hines played 21 snaps, which is a new high for him with the Bills. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Cook is it was a season nine carries, catches, total yards, and fantasy points, and he's trending up as of late. But that was his first game at double-digit fantasy points. He only had four touches last week, and he, yep. he's already been ramping up. So I don't want to get too carried away with this. He should be on rosters. Maybe he's trending towards flex territory. But this is a three-man backfield right now, and obviously that's going to limit the upside of all three guys. Yeah, he played the exact same number of snaps as Devin Singletary. Right. So but it was the, interesting, and they kind of brought Devin Singletary back in the end. And yeah, for, he, for he, some of us who touchdown. had a mm-hmm. four-leg parlay going, yeah, this is ridiculous. I needed three more yards. Like, do we have three to, more yards Ken, Ken from Devin Singletary? I wanted to. I know he's a Ken Miami Dorsey, guy. Miami guy. Yeah, yeah. shame on him for not taking care of me. And by the do way, you it was disavow at the end his of the Miami game, tenure it was like now? One. More no way. carry for Devin Singletary. But we forgive Ken Dorsey. I might not have showed up He today. was sweet. He was sweet I at know. Miami. Well, Stefania was Ken Dorsey a few weeks ago when he was throwing all the <laughs> yeah. stuff. That was her last night. He was like throwing all the stuff. But we'll, uh, we'll forgive him, Stefania, because he was the QB in, in the peak era that we've had he in the was, last 20 and, and years. And because, that team was awesome. By the way, for people who don't know, Mike Clay, big Miami Hurricane That's true. Back in the day or still? 
I mean, uh, Look, Saturdays. For everybody is challenged right now. Everybody yes, is. Saturdays have yeah, become yeah. for the kids, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's still that's still my team for okay. sure. So, all right, but that well, was the era, though. The Dorsey. We got to get more into college Andre football Johnson, going into next week. We'll How we some bonded bets, initially, right? that, and then that's we've continued through F one. All right, so that's I will right. always I will be a Boston college football fan. My wife went there. We're low to the soil, but as far as like <laughs> championship equity. Not exactly expecting much of it next year. I'm open for adoption next year. If you have a college football team that you think is worth me rooting for next season, please let me know. I'm here. I'm interested. And I don't want Alabama. Well, I don't want the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Just we'll join, the, join the party. They have, they have been recruiting the heck out of the... I, I mean, Miami's they had an awesome recruiting, recruiting class. Listen, give Crystal Ball off. some time. Yeah. All right, uh, quickly, just Gabe Davis. Another quiet night. He did find the end zone, but just two catches for 15 yards. Yeah. I want to save some of the Gabe Davis talk for next week because mm-hmm. the hay is already in the barn. You either started them or you didn't. If you started them, you're saying 9.5 fantasy points. Not going to probably lose your mm-hmm. week, but we'll have a more thoughtful conversation on Gabe going into next week because it's been sort of a uh it's been a, a quiet streak it's more bust than boom as yes. of late we'll, we'll much that, more yeah. bust than boom for him on the Patriots side Ramondre Stevenson has six catches 13.8 fantasy points he's fine uh didn't find the end zone but he still gets you nearly 14 mm-hmm. fantasy points Jacoby Meyer another quiet day for Jacoby Myers who played a ton and he was not impacted by that injury at all uh the shoulder injury Mike but um, another quiet game for him. Yeah, four straight games in single digits. Uh, he came out strong. We were talking about him as a lineup lock there for, yeah, for a, you know, a cup of tea as a as a line a lineup lock. That's kind of gone away. He's just yeah. not getting the volume right now. I will say this, just circling back for one second, Ramondre. He's getting all that passing down work. We talked about the yesterday. He had a down game. That was kind of a bus game. And he still had six catches and he, was fine in fantasy. That's what we love from these pass catching running backs. It could have been a lot day. worse yeah. if two of those balls aren't recovered by his teammates. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, so I, was, I miss I, I led may have led the, the, the public astray here last week because Ramondre was credited with two fumbles, the first of which was an exchange with Mac Jones right. at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. And I guess they either ruled that Ramondre for a second possession. Originally on the broadcast, they were talking about it being charged to Mac Jones. And I thought, oh, good. Mm. We just talked about this on the show. But later, maybe he made a football move. This is something we still, you know. Who decides? Trust me. I was so convinced that Jordan Poyer interception was going to stand last night. Not because it was an interception. It clearly was not. But because the NFL rules on mm-hmm. catching the football mm-hmm. change every week that I expect them to be like, yeah, it's a, it's actually a touchdown. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> he, got, he went out of bounds at the 47-yard yeah. line. Um, anyways, for the Patriots, Kobe Myers mentioned. And then just if you woke up this morning and you're like, who is M. Jones yeah. on the Patriots who caught yeah. a receiving not touchdown? Mac. Yeah, no. if, you missed the, if you missed the game, you were absolutely like, wow, they did a trick play. Mac Jones yeah. got a touchdown. You yeah. were definitely thinking that. <laughs> now, Marcus Jones, who, yeah. that was like the one highlight from the Patriots offense, who needs to do some serious looking in the mirror right now the, as they finish <laughs> out their final five games. The Patriots strategy right now and building a team is just anyone named Jones. They just keep yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Jonathan Jones. Every Marvin but, Jones might be there. It actually yeah, he might have earned himself some playing time on the well, offense. He did. So yeah. Marcus Jones was the Paul Horning a winner last mm-hmm. year, which yeah. is the given to the college football's most value, uh, most versatile player. Sure looks like it. Yeah. I mean, in fact, past three weeks, he got a, a punt return for a touchdown. He's mm-hmm. playing on defense. Now he had that Speedy. catch last night. Um, people that are wondering, like, why wasn't he in the game? He uh, in, is in the fantasy app. Like, he's literally never played offense before at yeah. the NFL yeah. level. It was his first, first career yeah. snap. We're first not gonna... offensive play, right? And Ever. he scores a touchdown. Graham, in the NFL yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. So, he, yeah, he's played two offensive snaps. So, no wide it receiver eligibility yet. I think it's up to three or four, actually. Is he, okay, well, nonetheless, yeah. he has two, what, yeah. two touches last night. 
We're not going to give him receiver eligibility just yet. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think you're, we're, not, we're, we're saving you. Yeah. Because he will. Touchdown. And also we're saving you all from yourselves because right. you don't want to start Marcus Jones in your wide receiver slot. So you're welcome. <laughs> Although, I mean, for an offense that needs life, he might be <laughs> I mean, the best option I mean, right if now. You start, if he plays a little more, we'll, people, we'll reconsider. I, I, people got like, I, I, I made a joke about how I had him as wide receiver 24 last night and I was too low on him. People were like, why doesn't he count towards Patriots defense and special <laughs> teams right too. now? I'm like, hold on. Now. That's not how it works, people. People. Like, let's take a deep breath. It's okay. Get, Marcus Jones, cool play. He's fast, though. We get request, requests for, like, backup punters to be in our database. So we have serious players. I hey, mean, you know, real, my, my thoughts, people that week. want people that, okay, well, people need to get a life if they're looking for backup <laughs> punters. Preview some games, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. And we start with the Steelers and the Falcons, a game that I'm not exactly sure what to make of it because I have no idea whether either of these teams is any good. And get the Falcons. Team like three times. Yeah, and the Falcons. The Falcons are in first place or could be in first place in their division by the end of this week. Uh, Anyways, a lot of plucks. There's one which is crazy. It's Pat Fryermuth. Not what that's not what you expected coming into this season. Uh, he is tight end three on our board, but part of the reason why he is the only lineup blocks to find is some injuries. Najee Harris, what's going on there? I'm with sorry. Pittsburgh? I'm laughing, but I just like, there's one lineup block in two teams. It's, yeah, it's absurd. Some games of zero. There were a couple zeros recently. Yeah. Yeah, Najee Harris, remember he left with an abdominal injury. Everybody was talking about his foot, but it was his uh, abdomen that caused him to exit the game last week, Mm -hmm. an oblique injury, not practicing so far. That could change today. I mean, let's just see what happens, but the Steelers are pretty good about resting players, giving him a chance to go late in the week. So I really don't know how to gauge that. And then Jalen Warren, who we thought we'd see more of, but he's had a hamstring injury. He has been fully practicing all week. Looks like Jalen Warren will go. Mike, let me ask you a very straightforward question. Right now we have Najee as RB17 for you, RB16 mm-hmm. for me. Let's just say he sits and Jalen Warren plays. Mm-hmm. Would Jalen Warren be basically RB17 in your book, or would it be a little bit lower? I'm going to go lower because I think Benny Snell looked pretty good last week. He did, yeah. What we saw with both with Najee, of course, hurt. Jalen Warren was inactive for that game. We saw a split. It was Anthony McFarlane and Benny Snell, and Snell just looked better. Like of He just course, played well. He outsnapped him. He's been him. on the injury report because yeah, it's neat. He so, absolutely has. Uh, just check and see what he does today. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think they'll use multiple backs. Warren should be the lead guy. His career high in touches is 12, right? So this is kind of new, and there's some uncertainty. Do they want to limit him to 12 to 15, or is it a guy that could have 22 to 25 touches? We don't know that for sure. So I'd be a little bit uh, more cautious with that. I'll probably rank him somewhere in the mid-20s would be my guess. Yep. And again, some of that will depend on if Snell's active and it's just him and McFarland. We have to kind of see how that plays out over the next 24, 48 hours. Every week you tell us about how the Falcons cornerbacks are one of the great matchups to mm-hmm. face in fantasy. Does that mean you can start either Steelers wide receiver? And I guess in your flex, right? These are, they're kind of in that window right now where they're not lineup blocks, but you can consider them for uh, your flex. I mean, Deontay Johnson is 12th in targets this season, 12th. And if you knew that coming into the season, you'd be more than happy to draft him. But uh, he's last in yards per target, and he has not scored a touchdown this will, season. Will he score a touchdown this year? Yes, he will. I think he will. Yeah. Okay. He had a. I think he had an end zone target last week. He almost Woo-hoo! had one. Yeah. So that's oh, progress. Getting like we're warm. Getting, getting warm. Yeah, he's getting warm. So yeah. um, I would say that uh, I have. I know you have Pickens a little ahead of Johnson. It's basically a toss up at this point. Pickens has not cleared six targets in a game since week five, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Um, Atlanta's been playing a little better against receivers as of late. AJ Terrell's back and healthy, which has helped things a little bit. Rashad Fenton's the guy they acquired at the trade deadline. So there's, you know, it's again, if you're looking at your flex spot and looking for a guy that's going to see six to eight targets, you can pick one of these guys. But right now it's just been, it's been underwhelming. Yeah. I have picked entire despite that lower volume or that lower target share, because like, you scored a touchdown this well, season. Say, yeah. Just like, you know, you just mentioned that uh, Deontay Johnson is last in yards per target. It's like one George Pickens target 
is equal to like 2.5 Deontay mm-hmm. Johnson targets. Yeah. Not literally, but it's 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 mm-hmm. probably like almost like a 1.5 to 1 ratio in George Pickens' favor. Last one in this game, Mike, is Cordero Patterson. Like how the mighty have fallen, right? A guy who was playing really well to begin the season. And it's not that he's playing terribly. It's just that a guy who was a first-round pick as a wide receiver doesn't catch the ball anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. But we did get a point in the right direction there last week. He had five targets. The prior six games, he had a total of six targets. So which is real? Which one should we buy into? I bumped up his target share in the projection a little bit, but... Look, it's a f- they're using four running backs. A lot. You know, we get frustrated when there's two or yeah. three. There's four that are playing. So I think 10 to 14 touches is where he'll be every week. He's a flex, and that's it. I have a bit of optimism here, and here's the reason why. Okay. Of those five targets, at least one, I think two of them came when Cordero Patterson was lined up as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like a true wide receiver alignment where he's running a route like he would have eight years ago mm-hmm. early in his career. So... Maybe because of the fact that they are getting production from those three other running backs, they're saying, okay, we can let Patterson cook a little bit more as a receiver. Not monster upside here, but when you're looking for anything, when you're grasping for straws, that mm-hmm. helps. So yeah. I'll keep an eye on that one again this Sunday. And it could be sustainable because remember, as bad as Kyle Pitts was in He's fantasy, not there he has a, a quarter of the targets <laughs> yep. were going yeah. to him. And also, Drake London's target share has plummeted. He's not being right. targeted that much, which makes no sense. He's, but getting, it's the, he's been it's saved like twice with on a one catch for a touchdown game. Yeah, like, and even yeah, that's like single digit fantasy points. Yeah. No, you can't start Drake London. God, I mean, it's hard to start anyone. Just like, I don't know who the best quarterback is this offseason, but I hope they go to the Falcons. Pocket yes. passer. Oh my Just get him a pocket passer. That's all we need. Let's go to Packers and Bears this game has plenty on the line and you're saying to yourself what do you mean these teams both are very bad well let me tell you they are tied for the most wins in nfl history these two franchises and the bears have had that lead or a tie for the lead since 1920 102 years leader or tied on Sunday, the Packers can overtake them. Lineup blocks are just two of them, Aaron Jones and David Montgomery. That's because there are a couple of very, very notable injuries to Fania, including the two quarterbacks. And I think we're actually getting some good news this week on both of them. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers, who did not practice on Wednesday, did come back on Thursday. Yeah. Um, Matt had said that he would. He, he, Rodgers said that he felt better than he expected. And mm-hmm. remember... He was the one who wanted the x-rays because he was concerned about a punctured lung. And within a couple of days, he's already changed to where he feels pretty good throwing the ball. So Aaron Rodgers, who has said he will be competitive until they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, uh, he wants to be out there. I fully expect him to play an obviously competitive game for more than one reason. Aaron Rodgers, very big on football history. I'm sure he's got... Oh, that, he definitely that, knows. He's got that bookmarked. Um, and then Justin Fields was able to get in full practice yesterday. Yeah. So finally coming back, he had the AC separation on his left side, which even though it's his non-throwing arm, part of the reason that he couldn't play last week, team said he couldn't protect himself. That's always a big concern for your quarterback. So full practice, you kind of want to see how he responds to that. Thursday's the heavier day. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, it looks like he is on track to try and go. You know, what's funny is I've heard a lot of people say things to the effect of Justin Fields should be put on ice for the rest of this season you're three and nine the like two months ago people were wondering whether justin fields was a bust yeah i know right like he actually you know it actually helps to play football like that actually makes you a better football (laughs) player when you're in your second pro season so i know they have their bye week next week i know they're three and nine but if he's 100% and good to go, he's going to play on Sunday. The Bears yeah, have been consistent. I don't think that. he'll be 100%. Just 
putting that out. Sorry, but, good but, enough to play is what I enough, should say. Good enough to play. I'm and willing to let the doctors make these decisions. Crazy, right? Yeah, like, right, right. It's so, it so bizarre. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. almost like we pay them to do yeah, these right. things. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers share a birthday today. Happy birthday to both of them. Cool. So hey, let's Ron. discuss these two quarterbacks. Obviously, if Justin Fields plays, you're going to feel very, very good about playing him. He's been awesome. But Mike, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. Back from the dead against the Bears on Sunday. Yeah, is he back? Um, he I might be back. back. Okay, so look at his last three games. Since the Christian Watson breakout, two 19 plus point fantasy games. Yeah. And then last week it was against the Eagles. Tough, yeah. tough, uh, tough matchup, 140 yards and two touchdowns. And he went down with the injury. So yeah. he was well on his way to a big game against one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. So I'm feeling optimistic now that he has, uh, kind of a, a group of pass catchers. He trusts obviously Lazard's trustworthy. And of course you have Christian Watson, <clears throat> Um, so feeling good about that. And it's a good matchup. Chicago has allowed the most fantasy points over expected to quarterbacks since the fields breakout has happened. You've seen that now, like early in the year, they were just running. The clock was moving. They weren't facing any volume and they weren't giving up a ton of fantasy points. But if you adjusted for that, you're like, this is a really bad pass defense. Now we're seeing it because they're scoring points and the other team has to throw it. And this, this could uh, be big for this passing game for the Packers. Alan Lazard, wide receiver 26 on both Mike and my board for this week. And Christian Watson is technically not a lineup lock by the definition of any top 20 wide receiver. I'm just here to tell you, he's almost certainly a lineup lock if you have him on your roster. And the reason why I say that is because the most uh, he was most added after a three touchdown game. If you're grabbing Christian Watson, it probably means you were at the very bottom of the waiver wire order, which means your team needed some help, which means that you have gotten help in the form of Christian Watson, who now has six touchdowns over his past three games. I get it. It's hard to keep scoring touchdowns every single week, but this is a game of momentum and sort of feeling like good things are going to continue. I'm assuming most people that have Christian Watson will be playing him on Sunday for the possibility of another two touchdowns. Are you game. new to this game or something? You're <laughs> no. like, oh, it's momentum and things are feeling good. And they just, you just seem to think you just go off into the sun and everything's great. What happens is it just goes plummeting right back <laughs> down to earth. Blanket, Mike. But seriously, though, wow. don't you think most people that have Christian Watson are going to be like, how can I possibly bench yes. this guy after how good he's yeah, been? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, I will say this if I'm nervous about something, he has exactly six targets in two straight games. Yeah. That's not yeah. a good number. We want that to be higher for a guy we're considering as a lineup block. Also, his touchdowns have gone from three to two to one. Right. So Two's analytics, I mean, it's going to be zero. This game. <laughs> two, I mean, that's just how oh, it no, works. It could start climbing back up. I don't know. I'm or, sure. so he's going to have, he's going to have zero touchdowns this week. He's going to go on a bye. He's going to have negative gonna, one no, touchdowns. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. He's going to catch a pass. He's going to fumble it. And the defense in week 15 is going to return that's, it for a that's touchdown. That's just how this works. Negative I mean, one. That's, that's how it works. This yep. is the analytics. This so is modern analytics. Yeah. We uh, sorry. Uh, Jaguars and Lions. This game is being played in Detroit. And again, Lions. Some lineup blocks here. There are three of them. I wonder if Mike might take one of these to task, even though he kind of writes the column that determines the lineup blocks. Travis Etienne Jr. We're going to ask Stefania about his health in just a minute. Jamal Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown is all the way up as wide receiver five. Mike, the point that I'm actually interested in is Jamal Williams. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about it in a second, but Stefania, we think Travis Etienne will give it a go on Sunday. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I mean, we said this earlier in the week yeah. that they had uh, pulled him from the game for precautionary reasons. He was out there watching the rest of the game, no protective boot, nothing, but this was the foot that he had surgery on. So when he tweaked it, they wanted to make sure that they weren't putting him in a bad situation. And Doug Peterson also said earlier in the week that barring anything crazy, he expected him to play. He's been limited in practice, mm-hmm. but that's normal. That's kind yeah. of what you expect after this. So I don't think uh, any issues for Travis Etienne every year every year there is a player that just breaks Mike's brain because yeah. he keeps scoring touchdowns and I he don't keeps like doing it so yeah 
Is Jamal Williams a 2022 version of that player? Is he Eric he, Ebron? Is he Robert <laughs> Tunyon? Yeah, he's one of those guys. He, on the he'll be featured in the offseason regression, touchdown regression articles. Yes. There's, there's no, doubt about that, no doubt about that. Uh yeah, he's he's a tough one because he does keep scoring. It's like Christian Watson, right? It's like how do you bench a guy that you continues to score? Right. Well, but you can, but it'd be really tough. Yeah, thing right. But if you look at his actual fantasy output, Williams, you know, when he scores two touchdowns, fine. Which he's done that what four times this yeah. year, five times this year. Th- those have been fine. But when he scores one, he's there's still games where he has like nine points well, because think, yeah, he gets like he has like what fifteen carries, forty five yards, and a touchdown points last week. Right, with a touchdown, zero value in the passing. Game. He has like six straight games without a target, something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, I, I, he's not a lineup lock. He is uh, ahead of DeAndre Swift now because he's getting a lot of carry volume and Swift has been so limited. But remember, this is a three-man backfield. Justin Jackson's playing a lot. He yeah. might play 20 snaps this week, right? So uh, three guys, he's going to get a lot of carries, but he's a lot like Gus Edwards right now. Uh, maybe a better better version of Gus Edwards. Um, yeah, they're actually so moving the ball better top than Baltimore 20. right now. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, he's, it's a really fascinating one. With he's a fringe RB2 is kind of how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, but he's getting significant carry volume. It's like 15 to 20 per game, even with zero targets, basically. Yeah. The opportunity for a touchdown plus 15 to 20 carries, that, that could be, mm-hmm. it feels like he could be six, like six to 18 points. Mm-hmm. 18 being the maximum because like two touchdowns is in play. Six being the minimum because zero touchdowns, but like 62 rushing yards on 18 carries That's also exactly right. in play. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, other players in this game, I think there are actually some interesting ones. Mike, Trevor Lawrence might deserve to be started this week because the Lions are a great opponent to face, and he's been pretty good over the past couple of games. Five touchdown passes. Yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, top 12 score at quarterback five of his last six games. Four of those were top six finishes. So that breakout has been happening as of late. He's adding value with his legs. And we talked about this about a month ago. He said, little fluky that the passing touchdowns haven't been there. He was kind of making up ground with his legs. Really a lot of tough matchups. He's obviously picked that up as of late with better matchups. And to your point, most fantasy points lie to quarterbacks this season. The Detroit Lions, eight times a quarterback has scored 18 fantasy points or more against them. Lawrence is my quarterback nine. You should be in lineups. We didn't mention any Jaguars wide receivers in lineup blocks. How do you view Zay Jones, who's been really busy of late, and Christian Kirk, who a dud game last week, but continues to be heavily targeted? Yeah, so Zay Jones is an interesting one. You know, all year, his target share has been pretty solid. He's been like over 20%. Normally, we're starting guys in that range, but the output just wasn't there. And maybe we need to start putting him in that like Gabe Davis category because he has four games with double digit targets this season. He has five with or uh, four with five or fewer. So he's kind of been all over the place. Uh, I think the big problem that he's had is touchdowns. He's one touchdown in his last 26 NFL games. Stop it. Yeah. So was he Deontay Johnson? Just better. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, Johnson at least had eight last year, right? Not like there. just yeah. crazy. But um, in the thirties, you just can't ignore a guy that has 10 plus targets at two straight games. They're off. The offense is playing better. The matchup's good. He's a huge part of their their scheme right now. Yeah, it's such, as you said, the matchup is just so, so yeah. good. Before, so. before we move on from this game, I do want to mention one other player, and that's Jamison Williams, just because I think a lot of people have their eye on him. So yeah. remember, be out of Alabama, torn ACL, so we haven't seen him. Uh, he was activated off the NFI last week, but this is the first week that he's actually been in football practice, and he was mm-hmm. actually running routes, mm-hmm. catching passes. He says he feels good. He's been talking to the media he makes it sound like he's ready to go, but he did call it a medical decision. It is a possibility that he debuts this week. I would caution everyone. Like, if he does, remember when these guys, are, especially somebody so valued as Jamison Williams, they're not going to put him out there and, you know, light it up in mm-hmm. the first game. And he would probably play a controlled number of snaps. They would probably just see how he felt 
he's got to get used to playing in the NFL and coming back from the ACL. But man, did he look fast in a couple little clips I saw from practice. So running fly. very, very well. Uh, he, they have until tomorrow, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, to move him to the 53-man roster, at which point he would be eligible to play on Sunday. We'll keep but an eye on that keep one. in mind, because if they do activate him and he does look good, and you're looking for a little something-something if you're getting yeah. towards fantasy playoffs. He's like he young OBJ there. right now in terms of what to do with him for fantasy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you add a guy who's super tantalizing? I don't know. Apparently, OBJ's free agency tour starts today. Yeah. By the way, a uh, quick note on DeAndre Swift. You realize he hasn't had double-digit touches since week one? Uh, yeah, he plays 28% of the snaps. Week one. 28% of the snaps yeah, since he I, returned. I, I just don't eight. think he's fully healthy, and I don't think he's going to be weird. all season. So he's, they're He finally just, is off the injury report. He finally is off yeah. the injury report. They've been recently calling him a full participant. Now he's not listed, but still, um, but there's something those, going on like, there. There's something you know, more that meets just, the eye with DeAndre yeah. Swift. Yep, I have him as, I think, they're nearly RB30, RB29 this week for a guy who's so talented, man. We're going to come back and talk about... The frisky Jets go to the Minnesota Vikings. But first, Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Well, of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus at an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, we're back. Jets and Vikings. And there are, well, the usual suspects amongst the lineup blocks here. They're kind of all from the Minnesota side, but let's take a look at those three players. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. I know people are frustrated by Dalvin Cook recently because he hasn't been quite as dominant over the past four weeks, but still RB11 on our board. Big injury here is to find us. Michael Carter for the Jets. Will he play on Sunday, you think? It's not looking good. Our Rich Semini, who covers the Jets, <clears throat> says his absence from practice for a second straight day does not bode well for mm. Sunday. Yet to see if he does anything on Friday, but the ankle injury looks like it could keep him out. So James Robinson, Mike, right? You would think so, yeah, right? Uh, he, he has been, my friends. Yeah, and maybe there's, uh, you know, obviously... He had some comments this week. He was frustrated about being a healthy scratch last week. Maybe they give him a shot this week, but it was on of a night. The rookie Bam. came in. Bam Knight. If Bam. your name's Bam, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> Bam Children right? Bam yeah. Knight. Yeah, exactly. Bam so, Adebayo. Any more Bams? Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Yeah. Bam. All right. Bam B. Bam B. That's yeah. a good one. Disney. Company man. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. So anyway, Bam Knight. Uh, I, I picked him up in a bunch him, of leagues. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think... I think he'll be the lead back. He had 17 touches last week, over 100 yards. He looked good. Uh, you'll see some Ty Johnson. You yep. know, he's kind of been a, a guy that'll help out in passing situations. And I think they'll mix in James Robinson a little bit in this game. But if I'm picking from this group, it's going to be Zonovan Knight. Uh, I have him. I don't have my ranking on here, but I have him in the 30s. Like yeah, uh, more borderline. I think it's actually might be a little bit higher now. Like 20, in 25 to 30, ish. kind yep. of in that range, right? So we're talking about him as a flex option. If Carter's ruled out and you're stuck at running back, he's a guy you could scoop up. He's still out there in like 70% of ESPN leagues. And Robert Sala was effusive in his praise. I have him up there as well. He might be discussed on fantasy football now on Sunday. If you missed yesterday's show, we did dive into the matchup here, but Mike, just a quick refresher on if this is a positive or negative for the Jets wideouts against the Vikings. Oh, it's a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings have struggled badly all year against receivers, and now they're they've injury issues. Two of their top four corner, two of their top five corners are out, including Cam Dantzler, a starter. Most fantasy points over expected to receivers, second most yards and catches to that position this season. And Garrett Wilson, big game in his first game with Mike White, looked terrific, scored two touchdowns. 
And it's not just that, though. He's at least seven targets, 92 yards, and 17 fantasy points in three of his last four games. Wow. So he's trending up towards our top 20. Actually, we have him just inside our top 20 after removing Thursday night football guys. So uh, Garrett Wilson, if you have him, you're probably starting him. He looks like he looks like the real deal. He sure does. And I just I can't quit the sneaky feeling I have on Mike White. And I know yeah. that like there are so many reasons to be cautious about this, but it's just like it would be the most Mike White thing ever to go out there and carve up the Vikings for like 275 and three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I could see I, I, I've been thinking about where he's going to settle what daily in. fantasy is for. Yeah. A tournament. I, yeah. I mean, he remember last year, speaking of like DFS and, and betting. Remember that guy last year that won all that money because he bet on Mike White to like lead. He, he did like a, Al Zeidenfeld. No, it was not Al Zeidenfeld. It was like some guy from New Jersey. He was going to the game, the Mike White game. Remember against the Bengals where he had that huge game and he was just like, I'm just going to throw like a bet on Mike White being the leading passer in the NFL this week just for fun because I'm going. And he hit like this, these insane odds and made like a <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. So um, I'm with you. He's a he's a wild happens. card for sure. You that may have happens. noted that Elijah Moore was not mentioned in Mike's re- uh, recap right there. It's worth noting that he had two targets. Left. That's it. Two. two targets. Now he scored on one of those two targets, had a long catch. Uh, on the other one, 42 yards, but still, I mean, can you really bank on a guy with two targets and not even really playing a full-time He's role? behind Corey Davis, too. He's yeah. their third receiver right now. We need to see more targets before we could trust him. Davis just three targets last week. Let's go to the Broncos and the Ravens. This game is being played in Baltimore. Denver's offense may or may not show up. As far as lineup blocks are concerned, there are two. They're the same ones you always know about. Sorry. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Um, I have to say, so Mark Andrews is tight end two on the board. I was looking at Mike's projections for the week, and it is absolutely hilarious that there is nearly a seven-point difference between the tight end one projection and the tight end two projection. I tried to tell you in the offseason, right? right? Kelsey, which is way ahead of Andrews. What, what I mean, did we bet on that? that one again? It was my Kelsey gets me, uh, was it like free lunch for life from you at the ESPN cafeteria? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Was it, a, yeah. was it a week at Disney that you bet on Mark Andrews? No, being? no, I didn't bet anything. I don't remember this at all. I must wow. have been out that day. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember Kelsey's this at all. Absurd. Yeah, he's he is. He is. I, unbelievable. And he's, you know what's uh, what else? Like a month into the season, maybe even more than that, we were like, they were tied. a close one. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was a, a tight battle. Yeah, like it yeah. could go either way. Now always, it can't go either way. It's not even close. Always Travis Kelsey. But yeah, still, amazing. Mark Andrews is still tight end to him pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, some interesting injuries here, Stefania. Uh, Jerry Judy and Mike Boone for the Broncos. And Boone might actually be more important for this game. I'll yeah, explain I why in a second. You, do you guys remember who the starting running backs were for Denver when the season began? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. it was Terrell Davis, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the last time they're Javante Williams, yeah. done for the year with an injury. Melvin Gordon, he's gone. He plays for the Chiefs yeah, now. Yeah, he's on the yeah he might be active this week. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get and to then that. Mike Boone, who's been out on IR because of an ankle injury, he was designated on Wednesday for to be eligible to return. And I think they're hopeful that he comes back. Sounds like he looks pretty good in practice. Yeah. So they're hopeful that Mike Boone comes back. Jerry Judy's been out with an ankle injury on his own, not practicing, doing a little work on the side, but... I think we're still a little early for Jerry Judy. Um, if you were like holding out hope for Cam Hamler, it sounds like he, or KJ KJ Hamler. Yep. Cam. Cam Hamler. Cam. I like that more yeah, actually because we got the Bam Bam Cam. I got, yeah, um, Cam Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. KJ Hamler. Right. It all sort of sounds similar. You know, his new name is Cam week, Hamler with a K. Week, yeah, that's week, it. Week thirteen. No, yeah. We all need a anyway. break or some wine. <laughs> Listen, that we could use. Uh, KJ Hamler. Setback in his recovery, uh, not looking good for him. Okay. Um, let's talk about the, uh, well, the pass catchers, Mike. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, what would you even tell somebody who has Cortland Sutton or I, Jerry Judy right now? 
I would say, well, Judy's hopefully on your IR or, you know, yeah. you just kind of got to wait it out there. Uh, Sutton, I mean, with Judy out, at least you feel better about him, yeah. right? Seven or more targets, 66 plus yards and 12 and a half fantasy points in three straight. So that's at least startable. It's not what we wanted from him, but it's startable. Uh, and it's good matchup. The Ravens, yeah. They started to get better against receivers. They were just and right then, there. And then last week, especially, yeah. they just fell off. I mean, they're actually playing well last week. Lawrence yeah. wasn't doing anything. And then he just exploded in the second half. They've had the most catches to receivers this season. So Sutton's a guy, if I have him, I feel decent starting him. You know, he might not be a super high ceiling, but it's a decent floor. Um, for the for the, for the Broncos, I think Mike Boone will be active. I know Stefani yeah. gave a positive health report, but they only have two running backs on the roster right now, including the practice squad, if yeah. Mike Boone is unavailable. You do not go into a game with just two running backs. Yeah. It's just nope. not how it works. Nope. So I expect Boone to be available. And I ask you, Mike, what does that mean for Latavius Murray if he is? Yeah, and our projections now in the game have Boone active and okay. probably projected for seven or eight fantasy points. So that's why Murray's lower than you'd probably think for a guy who last week played 82% of the snaps. Didn't have a lot of volume. It was a low-volume game for them. But he was clearly the feature back. If Boone doesn't play, we'll move Boone, uh, Murray up. He's going to be more of a mid-range RB2. But if he plays, I expect him to split it up a little bit. I think you'll see a lot of Boone in passing situations. This is also a tough matchup. Ravens. Fourth fewest fantasy, fourth fewest rushing yards, seventh fewest uh, fantasy points to running backs this season. So just keep that in mind if you're making a flex decision. It's for the Ravens running backs. Like if you're choose, if you're playing Gus Edwards, like we wish you the best of luck, right? Like he's got to fall into the end zone, and he hasn't even yeah. been that efficient as. I mean, he's been okay as a runner, but nothing special, right? Yeah, I th- I think he's. I'd push back on that a little bit. I think he's he's been running it well, right? He's been like what eleven carries, sixty some yards, get scores some touchdowns, right? So has he? Yeah, Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, he had, yeah, so uh, 52 yards and a touchdown, 16 carries, 16 for 66 and two touchdowns, 11 for 65 and no touchdowns. And one of them games he left injured. So the rushing production has been really good, but he's not doing anything in the passing game. A lot like Miles Sanders sure. kind of, right? So yeah. it's keeping you alive. But again, I have him 34th. He has two targets this season. It's I don't. And by the way, are, did we talk about J.K. Dobbins? No. He's, I mean, he, he maybe he's back at practice. Yeah, he's yeah. on and designated to return. He had, he had another procedure to yeah. address scar tissue. In his I'm knee, thinking but, another week there. Yeah. Yeah, and even then, like, what, are you really starting him until you mm-hmm. see how he looks? Probably right. It's gonna not. be a no for me, dog. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, yeah. Randy. Uh, my point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you picked up what I was putting you, down you right there. The band Randy used to play in. Uh, Randy was in uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Clayton. I don't know. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. I don't get Randy any Jackson. pop culture Journey. references. He was in Journey? Yeah, he was in Journey. Google what was it. his role? Was he a singer? Drummer. No kidding. Really? Yeah, go look it up. You know, the problem with these 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 singing shows is that like... Singing shows. We're kind of the same yeah, show, yeah. right? Is yeah. that like when Simon and Randy and Paula were there, I just like, you know, at like whatever, 12-year-old me was like, oh, like, <laughs> so, who's this British guy who's uh, kind of mean to everybody? Yeah, it's funny. Like, you don't know Simon Cowell? You were like, not 12 when that show started. Maybe. I don't know. how. It's probably 20-some years old, okay, isn't it? Okay, I'm walking out now. I'm leaving okay. the set. <laughs> Sorry. Kelly Clark. Kelly Clarkson forever. 12. First ever. We first had a ever big winner. debate on yeah. that. And I, I would contend the greatest American Idol of all time. 100%. Is that even oh, debatable? Yeah. There was it's a debate not- on this show. Carrie Underwood was the other okay. nominee. Right. 2002, I'm being told by David Presley, was the first year of okay, American Idol. Okay, so I was 15, Idol. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. So, but anyways, okay, I think it is a good debate between those two, right? Wait, no, wait, that's wait, that's wait, fair, but Carrie she's the original, versus yeah, but Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. She's the original. And, like, mm-hmm. Kelly's done stuff, like, beyond music right, now. She's got a TV yeah. show. Yeah. 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 yeah, plays fantasy football. I don't know that part. I'm just assuming the case. Good Christmas album. Yeah. Great been, Christmas been listening album. listening to that all. holiday season, yeah. I only listen to Christmas music this month. To rule. I only listen to Christmas music 12 months a year. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, and I also listen to 
I don't know. I don't, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a good music. Daniel's any music any guy. fantasy football podcast you listen to? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. Okay. CSS DFS. Yeah, uh, you should talk to your buddy Mike Reese. Also a big Journey fan. Oh, Mike loves Journey. Yeah, and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he and I were scheduled to go see I remember Journey, that. and yes, they had to cancel because of COVID. That's right. So you know, yeah. we have a text Rain exchange. Check. Every, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, Seahawks Rams. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. All right, guess this will be a quick one. Line of yeah. blocks here Let's for Seahawks and Ramsey on the, on the Rams side, right? All right, we'll start with bench all Rams. Yeah. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker the third, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. By the way, no Aaron Donald for the Rams, mm-hmm. likely on Sunday. So that helps I Kenneth Walker's. Yeah. Yeah. He's rolled out, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that helps yeah. Kenneth Walker's ability to uh, spring some big runs. On the injury front, Stefania, we could do the whole Rams roster. Oh, yeah. But, Let's uh, not even you, bother. But what's your guess? You think Matthew Stafford plays again this year? No, especially since Sean McVay yesterday said it is safe to say he does not play. On Sunday. I'm saying for the rest of the year, though. Oh, the rest of the year. I'd yeah, be surprised. I mean, like, I, I've basically written them off for the rest of the year. Because why wait? It's not like they're suddenly going to make a run for it. They yeah, nobody might come back, right? Yeah, Stafford and who knows Bert if Donald Bert plays Bert again. Cup. And yeah. You know what? And get prepared for the Bryce Perkins Cup. Yeah. and Kyron Williams and mm-hmm. Dan Jefferson guys, experience. What That's what it's going to be. They have to look so. at some the the, what, three young guys they have. They have yeah. to take a look at them yeah, now. I mean, they <laughs> no draft picks. I know. Oh, so I will, I will ask this, though, Mike, about this game, is that people are probably saying to themselves, all right, if the Rams defense with Aaron Donald, but still like a, a mm-hmm. performance last week that I think caught your attention against the Chiefs could held Patrick could hold Patrick Mahomes relatively in check. Does that mean you should be nervous about Geno Smith this week? Uh, not super nervous. I mean, I have him QB 11, so he's a borderline. You know, if you have him, you might not have a better option. He's borderline. He yeah. has exactly two touchdown passes in five straight games and two or more in nine games this season. So wow. he's given you a really nice floor and he's running the ball a little bit too. At least 22 rushing yards in four straight games. So he's fine. I mean, he's a he's a borderline QB one this week. I feel like what Gino, the thing is that you probably grabbed him early when your normal starter was struggling. Mm-hmm. And really not that many of the quarterbacks that were struggling early in the season have turned things around. So with Gino, it's like you're kind of just wedded to him, right? Like mm-hmm. he's better than if you had Russell Wilson or, you know, Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford. So it's going to be hard for you to have found a better replacement for Gino because there have been so few guys other than Justin Fields that have emerged from out of nowhere in fantasy this season. Yeah, who's going to be the best guy on waivers if you're not starting Gino this like, week? Ty- Taylor, Taylor Heineke? Heineke? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. That's, yeah. that's, like our, that's like our line. Really like our Mendoza, Mendoza line, line of, of <laughs> replaceable quarterbacks. Like, he's like, yeah. if you rank the fantasy quarterbacks 1 to 32, he's like 16. Yeah. Like he's like right there. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, we're going to talk about the Dolphins and the 49ers in a second, Stefania. And it's a special matchup. It is indeed. And not just because it's my 49ers, but this matchup is your week 13 hot ticket. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. We should be clear. It's not just your 49ers. It's your 49ers West and your 49ers East. Yeah, my 49ers who now play for... The Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. And there's a lot, a lot of them. A lot of 49ers going on. Mm-hmm. In this, this is game. the busiest game as far as lineup blocks go. The Bell Bowl. Look at we this. Sheet. The Bell Bowl. Yeah. Seven of them are lineup blocks in this game. For the Dolphins, we have wow. Tua and Jeff Wilson Jr. and Tyree Kill. I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is kind of a conversation, but still. Tyree Kill. Revenge. Jalen Waddell on the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, assuming he plays. Debo Samuel and George Kittle. 
Stephon, a lot of injuries in this game as well. None more prominent than CMC. What's the latest on both he and, of course, a reminder on Elijah Mitchell? Well, CMC said he will be a full go Sunday and that okay. he feels great. So, okay. uh, you I know, feel great he's, about pretty, that. he's pretty straightforward about his stuff. He didn't practice on Wednesday. They let him have the day off. I think he was just feeling a little stiffness, soreness around that patellar tendon of his. Um, not anything that's of a major concern. So uh, we're, we're happy to hear that. I think, um, you know, Debo, there was a little concern because he didn't practice on Thursday. I would say this. It was raining in the Bay Area, mm. so I, that may have been part of the reason that they chose not to practice him because he's dealing with that thigh bruise that he suffered last week. So I do think Debo will go, but, um, you know, pay attention because you want to make sure. And then on the other side, Raheem Mostert, I, I think Mike McDaniel feels good about Mostert's chances for playing this week despite the fact that he's had some soreness in his opposite knee. We talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, this is a big game for him. Really want, you know, really, really, really wants to play. And so I think it will be him and Jeff Wilson Jr. The, the question is going to be how do they divide up mm -hmm. the workload? Because both of them would really like to be out there. Uh, a pair of players that were once teammate Mike, mm -hmm. teammates Mike, now come to mind as like, what exactly do you do with them? Brandon Ayuk, is he, has he been good enough over the past six weeks that he's kind of one of those players that fits into that category of how can you bench him? It's, he is tough. He's one of the hardest players to rank. I feel every week I'm doing rankings, I'm like, he should be so much higher than this, right? Because yeah. it just seems like he's constantly scoring and the offense is so good, but Check this out. He's had at least 10 fantasy points in six straight games, right? Pretty good floor, but he's been under 12 and a half fantasy points, two of his last three, right? So recently he's, he's found the end zone here or there, but he's only had a couple targets. Another week he had a lot of targets, but didn't score and didn't have a ton of yards. So he's been uh, a tough one for sure. Six and a half targets per game. That's what he's gotten over the last four games. He is a borderline wide receiver three right now, right? He Yes, he can out of nowhere in this offense score a couple touchdowns, but he might might have a, the occasional down game. He's fine. He's just, he, he's not, I wouldn't call him a lineup lock, but he's fine. Just but in those past six games, like the one game we didn't have those five targets, he had two catches it, for two touchdowns. Yeah, so yeah it was, it was like, like four just, targets, two touchdowns. Yeah, I thought it was two catches, two touchdowns. I'm yeah, sorry, like two catches. Targets. I thought it was two targets, but whatever. Oh, Anyways, but yeah, not it, many targets. Let's put it that way, right? But he had two yeah. catches you for want 20 yards and two touchdowns. You sure do. And like we said, by the way, when they got McCaffrey, this was the concern, right? Would he have a big target number because they have so many mouths to feed? A good problem for them, sure, uh, but not great for fantasy. And for the last thing here, Mike, is just uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. faces mm -hmm. what is just an awesome, awesome 49ers defense right now. They haven't allowed a point in the second half since October 23rd against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. That was CMC's, I think, first game with the 49ers. So is Jeff Wilson Jr. a stay away potentially this week? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely not a lineup lock. Uh, he has scored a touchdown every game with the team so far. Yeah, that's that's, good. that's the good. The bad is exactly what you said. The Niners defense. Fewest fantasy points to running backs. Two times this entire season. We're going into week 13. Two times yeah. a running back has scored 14 or more fantasy points against Except them. One of them was Christian McCaffrey. This guy practiced against that defense all the time. And I so think, he knows how good they are. I, he <laughs> does know how good they are. And, and, and look, they, they looked amazing last week. But I do think this is just a trickier game to evaluate because Mike McDaniel knows the defense mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well as anyone possibly could. The running backs are in the defense as well. I mean, Jeff Wilson was there a couple weeks ago. So um, while I don't necessarily expect him to have a huge game, I do think this... I just think this one's going to be so interesting, going to be such a chess match. Yeah, but McDaniel knows the defense, but the defense knows him too. So uh, I don't know. A lot of narratives. They. I can't do wait for this game. But you know what? As good as this game is, it might not even be the best game on Sunday. Is I, we have the Chiefs and the Bengals. Before mm. we move on from the Bay Area, yeah. I believe I misspoke earlier. I am running on fumes. I've got glasses on. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, okay. a, it's a rough day. It was not raining yesterday. It's going to rain on Sunday. 
No, but while we're talking about the Bay Area, I yeah. have to represent the Bay Area better than I did when I was just talking about Journey. And I think I did. I say Randy Jackson was a, a, a drummer. drummer. No, yeah. he's a bass player. Okay. And if you've watched American Idol for years, you've probably seen him jump on with people and play bass. So, um, gotcha. Mike Reese, I just want to apologize to Mike Reese okay. straight mm-hmm. up because yeah. that would be unacceptable. Mike Reese would never make that mistake. Never. Okay, so I misspoke, but I know better. I was okay. super offended Don't question that, my so. journey knowledge, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Next time someone asks Randy Jackson if he's going to listen to the Fantasy Focus podcast, he's going to respond. That's going to be a no for me. Anybody who adopted, like, you know, don't stop believing We won the world. Say, I mean, come on. God, I am so Lights, out of it with music. Bay. I need to get my act together. Moving me too. On. My okay. Spotify wrapped top top playlist was White Noise. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chiefs at Bengals. This game is the one that I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Lineup blocks, again, lots of them. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, both the respective number one players, or the number one players at respective positions. And then Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins for Cincinnati. But of course, that's contingent upon two of those guys playing, Stefania. Let's begin with good old Joe Mixon. He has been in the, he missed last week because he was in the concussion protocol. Has he advanced out of it yet? Uh, he has been limited in practice. So he's still, I was just looking up something on Twitter that okay. I'm about to talk about with Jamar Chase. But uh, Joe Mixon ha- was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's a good sign. It's usually what you expect. We just don't know where he is within the phases of the concussion protocol. So remains to be seen. Okay. But I think there's a chance of play. It certainly seems like yeah, it is yeah, trending yeah, that yeah, direction. Yeah. Uh, and Jamar Chase defying expected to return. Yay. So the, yeah, this is interesting. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Paul Dana, Paul Dana yeah. Uh, who who covers the Bengals for the Athletic, put together a thread okay. of Jamar Chase's discussion with the media about his injury, and I thought it was excellent, excellent, excellent. Because as somebody who does the injury analysis, it kind of filled in some of the blanks of the okay. things we hadn't heard. We talked last Sunday on Fantasy Football Now about why Jamar Chase might be waiting an extra week. We talked about the fact he was on crutches early, and all these things pointing to something that was not muscular soft tissue, mm. but sounded more like within the joint. Well, Jamar Chase explained that he hyperextended his knee, which when you lock your knee out like that, it can jam your hip and ended up causing a hairline fracture in his hip and a labral tear. And that he felt good. You know, he was stiff initially. That happened in the game um, against uh, the Saints. I think it was the first game. And then the following week against Atlanta, he ends up playing, scores two touchdowns, feels good, but his hip popped during the game. And so he ends up going for a second opinion. They go back and forth on the severity of the labral injury and what should be done about it. And ultimately that's when he decided to, you know, go out, take the time they put him on IR. And that to me is why he really wanted six weeks under his belt. Cause he said, he's been feeling better. He started playing more, uh, doing more football activity in practice. The first week he was just like, you know, getting running this week. He's gotten much more into football activity. And when he said, um, I wanted to be 100% before returning. And then he added, but quote, I never really know until I'm playing again. It's the most athlete thing ever. You never know until you're back in competition. But there was something about that time window that was really important. And so all of that is to say that, number one, we understand the injury better. But number two, I think it speaks to the fact that when he comes back, I expect full Jamar Chase, right? This is not something where I'm like worried that he's going to pull his hamstring. I mean, that could happen, of course. It can always happen. But... I think we get the full Jamar Chase unless the demands of what happens when he's playing in the game and the way he goes up to make a catch bother the hip, then we could be in trouble. But you're not going to see a guy who's holding back. If he's full Jamar Chase, I'm going to go out and let him start him. That's what I'm going to do. Yep. That's my big tip. Yeah, I'm going to start him and I'm going to start T. Higgins as well. 
But there's some interesting conversations around some other players in this game then, Mike. By the way, yeah. encouraging update there on Jamar Chase. Can't wait to see him back. He had some interesting tweets, uh, some fun tweets with Justin Reed there on the Bird app. Uh, for the Chiefs, Like I think one of the most interesting players this week in fantasy is Isaiah Pacheco because mm-hmm. uh, what we saw last week was very encouraging in basically every way possible. And it sounds like Jarek McKinnon could be out on Sunday's Stefania for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Possibly, yep. Okay, mm-hmm. looking that way. He's yet to practice yep. this week, so we could have a... Melvin Gordon siding, Mike? Yes, and our projections right now do show no McKinnon, right? Okay. So that's how we're looking at this. Pacheco would have been probably 10 spots lower yeah. in our rankings had he been scheduled to play because he continues to lead the team in snaps and yep. is their primary pass catching back. But uh, Pacheco now borderline top 20. Kurahain touches last week with 23. Most of that was carries. Of course, finally got uh, over 15 fantasy points in a game. Has at least 15 carries in three straight games. Again, the targets have not been there. He has only one target during that stretch, but I think he might see like three in this game without right. Jared McKinnon, McKinnon as well, of yeah. course. Uh, you're going to have Ronald Jones, not a pass-catching specialist, and again, on the practice squad, the only run- other running back they have that's healthy is Melvin Gordon, who could be active in this game. In fact, I'll be surprised yeah. if he's not active as the third running back. Might get a few touches, but it should be the Pacheco show, certainly when they're running. The only problem you run into here is if they do fall behind and they decide, you know what, we're going to throw Gordon out there in passing situations he did a lot of that with Denver. It's cer- he certainly is the experience. He's not a great pass catcher, but they may trust him in that situation, not trust the rookie. So that's the only mild concern I have there, but I think they're going to try to run it with Pacheco here. As far as the pass catchers in this game, not named the obvious ones, Mike, does any Chiefs wide receiver register as like a borderline must play for you? Uh, the only one I would be strongly considering is Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Uh, he was last week. He came back and had a disappointing game. Only three targets. He only played thirty nine percent of the snaps. Was he was weird, clearly yeah. limited in his return off the concussion. But if you look at his last three full games, remember he was red hot. Eighteen plus fantasy points in all three of those. Also has eight or more targets in five of his last six games prior to that concussion. So I'm optimistic he'll play probably double the snaps this week and can be in lineups. I have him thirtieth, so borderline wide receiver three. And Hayden Hurst had some interesting comments on the Bird app as well. Actually, no, he was just talking about it in the locker room. But he seems motivated to play on Sunday. We have him as a borderline tight end one this week. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been scoring a ton of uh, touchdowns this season, but he's been like, I don't know. It's like if you're looking for like five to eight points. He's one of them guys. Yeah. He's one of them Hayden borderline Hurst, right? tight end. Five There's, to eight yeah. fantasy points. You have a pretty reasonable shot to get there. Season I nine targets last week. Yeah. And again, this is Chiefs Bengals. They're going to be throwing the ball a, lot, a lot. Yeah, so he, he should be busy. Chargers Raiders. Looking forward to this one being played in Las Vegas. We got some lineup blocks. A lot of them actually. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen for the Bolts. And Josh Jacobs, who Look at is that so good. And Devontae Adams, 24.05. That's, That's a massive number as the Chargers <laughs> are actually the worst rush defense in the NFL mm-hmm. on a yard per carry basis this season. As far as injuries go, Stefania, Mike Williams not expected to play. Not expected to play. And has Josh Jacobs been on the injury report? He has. And this is, uh, you know, I think people just saw what he did in yeah. that game and they're like, oh, well, the calf's not a problem. He actually aggravated it during the game. He aggravated it before he went out and had that 80-plus yard <laughs> touchdown run. So, you know, a lot can happen when you have adrenaline going. And, and obviously it wasn't so severe that he couldn't push off on it. But it was enough to limit him early this week. And it just makes me wonder if running is so easy against the Chargers if they don't split his work a little bit like they have to be careful that they Mm -hmm. don't push him over the edge and that's that's the one thing i'm concerned about here just to be clear before people get mad on sunday if he has (laughs) 125 yards and two touchdowns stefania is in no way inferring or suggesting that you should be benching josh jacobs not at all Mm -hmm. she is just saying if you check the box score in the third quarter and he has eight carries as opposed to 28 carries maybe it's because the raiders 
are being smart with this one. But play Josh Jacobs. Feel very confident. Mike's projection was 24.05 points. Mm-hmm. I think that's the highest from any non-quarterback that I've seen in like a yeah, year. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, he, he's easily the RB1 this week in this matchup. And uh, coming off all them touches last week, it's it's incredible. And by the way, the analysis for him and why they may still just continue to ride him that, that much and not use other guys is they don't really have anyone else, right? They don't. Zamir <laughs> White's been a healthy scratch at times. He's probably their next best rusher. Brandon Bolden has been phased out. Amir Abdullah, they throw, they've thrown the ball, and I think it's like 93 out of his 95 snaps this season. They don't, Britton Brown, and you know him? Anyone familiar yeah, with him? He's, yeah. a, he's a running back free agent, right? right? Yeah, so they just don't have uh, other options be, right now. It's, right. it's Josh They just Jacobs. may be forced to if all of a sudden it's problematic. And by the way, that was our analysis in the offseason. Like, <laughs> everyone was fading Jacobs, and he was plummeting in drafts, and we're like, who are are really Brandon Bolt? Like there's nobody yeah. else. There's no one. It's going to be Jacobs. And, and sure enough, he's looked awesome. So we discussed, I think it was Tuesday. Maybe it was Wednesday of this week, Mike, how like Justin Herbert's schedule looks very shiny for the next few weeks. And he has been playing better of late. Obviously you're starting Justin Herbert, but I think that means that somebody not named Keenan Allen or some bodies mm-hmm. is likely to be started in a fantasy lineup this weekend. Are there any pass catchers for L.A. that you think people need to be aware of that could have a big game on Sunday? Yeah, I think there's two guys who should be in lineups. One is, of course, Josh Palmer, who's been terrific. He was a guy I was worried about that was maybe just a guy in the first month of the season. I don't really feel that way anymore. He's been a lot better as of late. Seven or more targets in six straight, 14 or more fantasy points in three of those games. So feeling good about him. He's a wide receiver three. And then uh, Gerald Everett, of course. We have him in the top ten. Last week, he was a bit of a disappointment, only at the four targets, but it was his first game back from injury again. So uh, good matchup. Raiders, seventh most fantasy points to tight ends. He's a big part of this offense. No Mike Williams. He'll be busy near the goal line. He's top 10. And a very good matchup for the cornerbacks, right? Like, doesn't, uh, how would you assess the perimeter corner specifically for Las Vegas? Yeah, they're uh mix and match right now. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that was like on the practice squad that's in the slot right now. That's crazy, uh, right? And they had Anthony Averett's out now. Like yeah. they've just been shuffling guys all season long. So feel pretty good about that. This feels like a lot of points type of game on Sunday. It a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colts and Cowboys, back-to-back weeks for the Colts in prime time. They mm-hmm. play on Sunday night now. As far as the lineup blocks go, again, a bunch of familiar faces here. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman for the Colts, and then for the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. You'll notice that there's no quarterback or running back on that list for Dallas. So uh, no injuries other really no major injuries here. Yeah, right? not, not right now. Dallas keeping their fingers crossed. Uh, Dak Prescott, Mike, Indeed. let's have the conversation here because Dak, I would say has not been nearly the disappointment that others like Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and Tom Brady have been, but hasn't been great this season and has a tough matchup on Sunday. No, they, and they're scoring a ton of touchdowns. They picked up where they left off with Dak last season. You know, it's, it's like four back. plus yeah. touchdowns. Uh, every game, he's thrown at least two touchdowns in four consecutive games. So you might think that's good. You know, he must be giving you top five production. Well, he's finished between QB nine and QB 18 in four of his five games since he's returned. Right. So he's getting you like good QB two production or fringe QB one production, not top five uh, output. So maybe that comes. But it's the it's the problem we we kind of laid out a month ago. They're run heavy like mm-hmm. they're just still running the ball. He's been very low volume. They're dominating teams. They don't have to throw it a lot. It's been Zeke and it's been Pollard. I mean, look at the touchdowns Zeke and Pollard have put out there. It's crazy. It's unreal. So yeah. uh, he'll have some good games, but he's a fringe QB one. He's not a guy that has established himself as a lineup lock yet. While we have told people that it's never going to be the Zeke Elliott's role entirely fades. We have noticed something very dramatic over the past two weeks, Mike, which is what it is that Tony Pollard has outsnapped Zeke Elliott yeah. in two consecutive games, which is new. We just have never seen that. It's always been Zeke as at least a 1A. Pollard is the 1B. Pollard now 20 or more touches in three straight games. Wow. He is the better fantasy player right now. Honestly, he's been most of the season, even though he's been outsnapped. 
but uh, he's RB18 on my board. Zeke is down at RB30. He's still producing, right? He has three touchdowns in his last two games. He's getting decent touches. They're just funneling. They're doing what the Packers wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. They're just getting all the volume to their two running backs, and it has worked fine. So Pollard, terrific starter, an RB2, Zeke Marva flex. I can't wait for this game on Sunday night for some of the individual matchups in this game, but I'm a little nervous about the offensive line of Indianapolis against that Dallas defensive Oof. front, especially with Micah mm. Parsons coming off the edge. That man is on a mission this season. Matt Ryan's nervous too. Yeah, we'll wrap things up here with Monday Night Football, of course, as we always do. Where can you watch Monday Night Football exclusively on ESPN? Saints, Buccaneers, lineup blocks. There are three of them, probably less than you'd expect coming into this season. Alvin Kamara, tough matchup though. Chris Olave and Chris Godwin to Chris's in there. And you're saying to yourself, wait, hold on. Only one Buccaneer (laughs) is a lineup block. Well, fine. Let's start with the injury front because for the Bucs, they might have two backs because Leonard Fournette seems like he is trending in the right direction. He is. And he had that hip injury when they were playing in Munich, a hip pointer. And they had said at the time they thought he'd be okay after the bye. Turns out he was much more sore than everybody expected. And he has missed, but... Full practice on Thursday. That's the first official practice report heading into a Monday night, and sounds like he is doing better. Okay, so good for him. Not so good for fantasy, Mike. Let's start there. What do you do with these backs, assuming Leonard Fournette is healthy? And obviously, it's a Monday night game, so you're going to have to make a decision Mm -hmm. about pivoting from either Rashad White or Leonard Fournette prior to that. What do you do here? I think this this strikes me as, I don't know, Cowboys are probably a reasonable analog, right? Like, both of them could play, and both of them could have enough of a role where both of them could end up being flex considerations, but mm-hmm. it's really hard to imagine that if Leonard Fournette and Rashad White plays, that one of them dominates snaps. Yeah, I agree. I think you'll see both guys pretty involved, pretty even, kind of like how it was a couple weeks ago. It's actually White got the start when they were both healthy, mm-hmm. uh, got the first few snaps, then Fournette came in, scored a touchdown, touchdown yeah. and yeah. it took mm-hmm. the lead in snaps, and then he got he hurt got and hurt. White just dominated yeah. the rest, right? So, uh, I'm, you know, I actually have Fournette ahead because of how that game was trending and just based on a little bit of veteran deference here a little bit, but uh, you actually have white one spot ahead. So do, it's, uh, I'm the smart one here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you are. You, you might be right. Maybe they're going that direction. But, you know, white also had nine catches last week, nine, yeah. nine targets, nine catches. You look good. So it is a tough one to sort out. Uh, I think that if you can avoid it, that's probably what you try to do. But if not, if you need to put one in your flex, I'm OK with it. Earlier this week, Mike, you and I were talking, I think it was actually off camera about how like a one matchup earlier in the season does not influence your second matchup rankings mm-hmm. that much. However, Tom Brady has really struggled against the Bucs since arriving in Tampa, against the Saints since arriving mm-hmm. in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Does that influence your ranking of Brady at all? I don't think it has to because he's been bad anyway, right? Okay. So maybe if he was like a borderline QB1, but he hasn't really been. I mean, we have him 15, so I guess he's at least in that conversation, but he has two top 12s this season. And Crazy. the last one was when it was still warm out yeah. back in week five, right? <laughs> like it's been a long time, so... Uh, the Saints have been mid-pack against quarterbacks, probably a little below average. I'm not super worried about the matchup here. I'm just worried about how poorly Brady has been in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, it's been a tough go. But let's talk about the most interesting player in this game, and that's Mike Evans, who mm-hmm. we talked about the potential of a Marshawn Lattimore shadow. He was listed as limited yesterday was Marshawn Lattimore. So there mm-hmm. is a chance. I think he, he wants to play in this Yeah, way. it sounds like it sounds <laughs> yeah. like... He's going to try and play from sounds what like, I can yep. gather. Sure sounds like that is going to be the case. Let's talk about it here, Mike. You have him ranked as wide receiver 19. When they last played, he literally got ejected from the game. As <laughs> and he suspended. and Lattimore, yeah, yeah. yeah went to right. fisticuffs. We don't expect that to happen, although I suppose <laughs> it can't be ruled out. 
But all the factors in play here are not just the fact that it's Marshawn Lattimore he might face. It's that he has not been good recently. It's been such a bad connection between he and Tom Brady that everybody is talking about it in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is overcorrected in the touchdown regression to the mean, right? He's been so good in that department the first two years. We thought they might go down this year. We projected it as such, but it has gone completely the wrong direction. But of course, the matchup is the big one. I talked about it at length yesterday, but I'll just say this. In eight straight meetings with the Saints, he's been shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore when they both have played. He's been held under 13 fantasy points in all eight games. So Lattimore has had his number. That explains a lot of the frustration there. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. It's hard to bench him, right? And Lattimore obviously is unlikely to be 100%. In fact, he might be limited because of the depth they have at corner. Maybe he rotates with Elante Taylor or something like that or Bradley Roby. So um, I, you know, I still have him. Borderline top 20. I'd have a hard time benching him, but if there's a bust week that's possible, it's this one. So apparently in recent shows, Mike Evans has been the name in the chat that people are asking mm-hmm. about. So we're okay. going to wrap up the show with have a little fun, wrap it up with a name game and just sort of see who you would prefer Mike Evans or, and I'll start here and I'll just, I'll ask both of you. We'll go around the table here. Mike Evans or Tony Pollard. I'm going to lean towards Tony Pollard, but it's yeah, very it, close. Yeah, it's always hard to me running back versus wide receiver. It is tricky, yeah. Uh, especially flex, because yeah. PPR. Mm-hmm. But um, Tony Pollard's volume is hard to argue with right now. Yeah. How about Mike Evans or Damian Pierce? I know Mike's going to take Damian Pierce. I'm going to lean there Bounce as well. Bounce back. You'd expect 15 to 20 carries. Yep, I'm going Pierce. Yeah, I'm probably going Damian Pierce. You can't, pick anyone. you can't pick anyone against Pierce. Pierce I, is your guy. Like, I know. You know. I'm going to correct. I'm going Mike Evans over Pierce if I have that dilemma. Are you really? I am. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about Houston. We're getting I back am. on track this week, Stefania. Jamal <laughs> Williams back. or Mike Evans? I'm, I don't know. Jamal I'm Williams Jamal just scores Williams. touchdowns. Right. He's doing what Mike Evans <laughs> used to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. Right. I'm going to yeah. go Evans. It's close. Yeah, but that's a toss. Again, this is the territory we're in. Miles Sanders, who you were concerned about this week? Yes, I am. Yeah. It's a really tough matchup. Going Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Evans. The Titans are really, really good against the run. Not necessarily yeah. running backs as a whole. You could throw to running backs against them. That's what we've seen. But they can shut down between the tackles, and that that's going to be tough on Sanders. You got a strong feeling there, or no? Oh, he said Mike Evans. Oh, you said Mike uh, Evans. But I don't, you know, I, uh, not, I don't feel, but it's been a problem with Mike Evans and Tom Brady. It has been. A, it has been a problem, and as we know. When it's Monday night football and it's the only game on and you live and breathe every snap. And oh, by the way, it's the last game. So you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, I need 12.2 from Mike Evans. And if he's at like 2.4 at the end of the first half, you're like, you know what to do. Do I go to bed and hope that I can reverse the karma? No. Do I keep watching to make sure that I get to celebrate the moment if he gets to 12.4? Man, fantasy football. Why do we do this again? I don't know. <laughs> it's and, the and remember, That's the last why. time Evans has had 13 fantasy points against the Saints, you were still watching Simon Cowell on, on American <laughs> Idol. And you were 15 what, years 18, old. 15 years, 15 years old. Years so old. Wow. It's been a long time. Simon, do you know that he was uh, Do you know he was in uh, the band of the Rolling Stones? He was the bassist. Do you know that? <laughs> Stop it. Oh, okay. No, he was Stop. not. Okay. Rolling Clones. It's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great jam band Stop. that does cover stuff on the weekends. Anyways, that's a great show right there. We're back on Sunday for fantasy football now. Care to join us? 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. We'll have some, uh, we'll have a network shift at some point, but we'll start in the ESPN2. We can't wait for that. Be sure to check out everybody's advice on ESPN.com and on Twitter, Stefania underscore ESPN, Mike Clay NFL. I'm Field Yates for Stefania and Mike. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you again Sunday night right here on Fantasy Focus. I still say Kelly Clarkson. I completely agree. (laughs) And also in 40-year-old virgin, Steve Carell screams Kelly Clarkson when he's in that one. I mean, that's, that's points for her. 
drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.